Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 132 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get $10 off of your first order. And today, what we want to do is continue this Locked On theme that we've had going the last couple of episodes, some of the biggest what-ifs in franchise history. And for the Rangers, you know, there's there's a lot you could pick from. Uh, some of them are pretty monumental. Others are just kind of fun. We're going to give you a mix of each of those here today. But we're going to start right here with one that I've always kind of thought about. It is, what if Mike Keenan had remained the Rangers coach after 1994? And you know, this was just such a bizarre situation because you bring in this coach, he's volatile, you know what you're getting with Mike Keenan though, all right? He, he's going to come in, he's going to do things his way, he's going to kick ass and take names, and he's going to push these guys. He's going to push them to their physical and mental limits. Uh, so you're taking a little bit of a chance bringing in a guy like Mike Keenan. You're rolling the dice a little bit, but it's a bold move for an organization that needed to break through and needed to get a, a talented team to the ultimate goal, which was, of course, winning the Stanley Cup and breaking the curse. Uh, but in bringing in Mike Keenan, he's just a guy who he makes waves everywhere he's ever been before, during, and after his tenure with the Rangers. Uh, he really clashed with Neil Smith when he was the Rangers coach. Neil Smith was, of course, the Rangers general manager at the time, and he's gone before the following season, despite winning the Stanley Cup. And it's just such a bizarre situation to me, a bizarre scenario. Where have you ever heard of a situation like this other than this example with Mike Keenan? Because, yeah, I mean, there are coaches, you look around, you know, the professional sports leagues, whichever sport league you want to go to, and there are coaches who might just be the head coach of a team for one season, but it's almost always because the team underperforms and, you know, the front office just decides that this isn't our guy. We got to get rid of him. We got to bring somebody else in here who can get this team to where we feel like it needs to be. But here, the Rangers not only were winners, they not only had a great season, they won the Stanley Cup. They broke the 54-year curse, and you would think whatever coach led the Rangers to the Stanley Cup in 94, whoever it was, whoever was was leading the team that year as the coach would have had a lifetime contract if they wanted to, not a lifetime contract, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, you would figure anybody who won the Stanley Cup with the Rangers at that time with the curse looming over the team and all that, you would think that they would at least be around for, I don't know, five more seasons at the very least because, I mean, hey, you just won the cup. You've got that to kind of lean back on, and you did something that hadn't been done in 54 years with this team. So you would think whatever coach did that with the Rangers would, would kind of be a made man, so to speak, but uh, not with Keenan. He just butted heads with too many people, first and foremost, Neil Smith, and, you know, I really do need to read the book, uh, The Losing Edge, again. And I can actually see it from where I'm sitting. It's on my bookshelf over there. I will get to it eventually. It's written by Barry Meisel, and basically it just gives you a behind-the-scenes look at the 1993-1994 
uh, Rangers Stanley Cup winning team. And then it also takes a look at what happens the following year when when they failed to live up to expectations. That was a uh, strike-shortened season, but the Rangers barely made the playoffs. They were the eight seed. They beat the Quebec Nordiques, and then they lost to the Philadelphia Flyers. They were swept by them, in fact, in the second round. So obviously failing to live up to expectations the year after they won the Stanley Cup. But yeah, let's just say that Mike Keenan had stayed for another season or two. Would the Rangers have fared better? Would they have even won another Stanley Cup or at least gotten back to the finals, at least made it farther than they did? Because Mike Keenan was replaced by Colin Campbell, who was an assistant coach with the Rangers when they won the Stanley Cup. And Campbell, the next two years, actually the next three years, uh, got the Rangers to the playoffs every single season. Uh, They lost in the second round, the two years after the cup winning season, and then they lost in the conference finals the season after that. And then Campbell's fourth season as the Ranger coach, they got off to a bad start. He got fired, and and he was actually never a head coach in the NHL again after that, which is kind of surprising to me. But, uh, you know, he's obviously held a number of jobs with the NHL since then. He, of course, right now is serving as the director of hockey operations. But as for Keenan, you know, I really don't think that the Rangers would have won another Stanley Cup if he had stayed in the fold. You can only push a team as hard as he did for so long before, you know, basically you just run them into the ground and or the players turn against you. And 1994, in a lot of ways, was kind of this beautiful disaster of a season for the Rangers because you have this overbearing dictator of a head coach and he demands that, you know, all these trades be made and I got to get Mike Gartner out of here and I got to get Tony Amante out of here. I need Glenn Anderson and Brian Noonan and Stefan Matteau and Craig McTavish. Uh, He does all these moves. They're bold moves and obviously it worked out. Uh, But you just don't see this where a team with the best record in hockey or any sport really is wheeling and dealing at the trade deadline and in trading players away from their NHL roster, their pro sport roster. You might see teams, you know, like baseball, if the Yankees are having a great season, they might trade one of their top prospects for, you know, I don't know, say a starting pitcher that can come in and help win a World Series right here and right now. That makes sense. But what you don't see is teams trading big pieces from their big league roster. And that's exactly what the Rangers did. And, you know, you got to keep in mind, yeah, Keenan would have been back next year, but two of the guys he traded for, Glenn Anderson, Craig McTavish, they both were very good in the playoffs for the Rangers. Uh, They were both gone. They both left in free agency the following season. And so two of the guys that you brought in basically as rentals have now left. And you're also Sands, Tony Amante, and Mike Gartner. So any way you slice it, the 1995 roster was not going to be as good as the 1994 roster. And it would have been very difficult to, to overcome that. And we saw, you know, it was a strike-shortened season, but seven teams in the Eastern Conference did better in the regular season than the Rangers did. I don't think Mike Keenan is going to make up for all that. I don't think he's going to lead them on another rampage through the playoffs uh, back to the Stanley Cup championship. It it was pedal to the metal with Mike Keenan. He pushed these guys extremely hard in 1993-1994. That Ranger team, top to bottom, the entire franchise, they were 100% all in on winning the Stanley Cup right here, right now, this season. And thank God it happened because if it didn't, I'm not so sure that it would have happened, you know, in 95, certainly, or any of the seasons that followed, really. You know, that was that was their best shot at it. They shot their shot, and they, they scored, you know? They won the Stanley Cup. They broke the curse. And Mike Keenan, really, one of those guys, just by his very personality, he was never going to be a coach that was going to stay in the same place for really all that long. Uh, his first job in the NHL was coaching the Philadelphia Flyers, at least as a head coach. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, 1984-1985, that was his first season. And he was only there for four years. He went on to coach... The Blackhawks, the Rangers, the Blues, the Canucks, the Bruins, the Panthers, and the Flames. 
he was never the head coach of any of those teams for longer than four seasons. So clearly he's a guy, he's going to do things his own way. Sooner or later, he's going to ruffle some feathers and he's going to be on his way one way or another. One last fun fact about Mike Keenan, he never coached again in the NHL after 2008-2009 with the Calgary Flames. That was his last year, but he did serve as the head coach just one season in the KHL with the Metalurg Magnitogorsk, and he was only there for one year as well, but he had a phenomenal season as their coach. They went 35-11-8. They went 16-5 in the playoffs and won the KHL championship, the Gagarin Cup, and so, hey, he went out a winner. You know, that's kind of a cool way to wrap up your career, assuming he's done coaching. I, I suppose never say never, but I would be surprised at this point if we saw Mike Keenan as an NHL coach again. But uh, yeah, you know, as far as what would have happened, you know, if he had stayed on as the Ranger coach sooner or later, he was going to butt heads with too many people. And I don't think that they would have had another Stanley Cup in their in their future. And again, Keenan wasn't going to last more than another season, two seasons at the most, uh, you know, constantly butting heads with everybody the way he did in New York. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Another what if that I wanted to talk about today, and I hesitate to even do this to you guys because this one would have been painful if it was true. Uh, Fortunately, the Rangers won the 1994 Stanley Cup, but what if the Rangers had lost Game 7 to the Vancouver Canucks? There is a lot to unpack here. I mean, think about it. First of all, Forget about the curse. You're up three games to one in the Stanley Cup Finals, and you end up losing the series. You drop three consecutive games to this seven seed, this team that was barely 500 during the regular season, and you blow the 3-1 series lead, and it includes losing games five and seven at home. I don't even know what Madison Square Garden would have been like that night. You probably could have heard a pin drop, or maybe not. Maybe there would have been riots. I'm not even trying to make a joke here. Like, people would have been that upset just at the end of their wits because it had been 54 years to that point. And, you know, you think you're going to get it that night, and you don't get it, and you blow a 3-1 series lead. And you talk about giving ammunition to rival teams because for so many years, especially uh, Islander fans, but really around the league— Teams and fans would chant 1940, 1940 at the Rangers, you know, as a way to just mock them about how long it had been since they won the Stanley Cup. And all this talk about there being a curse being real. I mean, you talk about just pouring fuel on the fire. And and now, you know, not only have you gone 54 years without winning a cup, but even when you seem certain to win the cup, not certain, but I mean, you're up three to one in the Stanley Cup finals against a team that you're much more talented than. Uh, I think most of us would assume that the Rangers were going to find a way to get the job done there. But if they had lost Game 7, 
the amount of heat that would have come down on the Rangers, the amount of criticism, the amount of mockery, the amount of scrutiny, the amount of just what is going on here? Why can't this team break this curse? Why can they not win a Stanley Cup championship despite having an absolutely phenomenal team? I mean, that 1994 team was absolutely loaded. They had speed. They had talent. They had grit. They had toughness. They had great goaltending. They had great defensemen. I mean, anything you could possibly need, that team had it. So if that team didn't get the job done after taking a 3-1 to series lead against the Canucks, and if they had lost that Game 7 at home, I mean, when is this ever going to happen? And we know the answer to that. Actually, we don't know the answer to that question. We just know that it would not have happened in the next 26 years because, yeah, it's been 26 years since the Rangers' last Stanley Cup championship. And everybody talks about, myself included, 54 years from 1940 to 1994, 54 years it took the Rangers to win the Stanley Cup. And this is a point that I've made on this podcast before, but for anyone who hasn't heard it, it's now been 26 years, an additional 26 years since 1994, since the Rangers last won their last Stanley Cup. So if they had lost that game to the Canucks, Game 7, it would now be 80 years, 80 freaking years between Stanley Cup championships. I hate to even say this, but 80 years... We're approaching Boston Red Sox territory. For the Red Sox, it was 86 years of not winning a World Series. For the Rangers, it would now be 80 years of not winning a Stanley Cup. And we're getting close. We are getting dangerously close. And, you know, I do like this team that the Rangers have put together. I think they're laying the foundation, laying the foundation for what could eventually be a championship team. But there's no guarantees that the Rangers are going to win the Stanley Cup within the next six years. And if they don't, they would have tied the Boston Red Sox and they'd be at 86 years without a championship, which is a truly terrifying thought. And beyond that, I mean, think of some of the more modern Ranger teams. You know, we've had a lot of fun reminiscing about some big-time Ranger playoff series wins, the the pair of 3-1 comebacks against the Penguins and the Capitals. We did a countdown not too long ago about the 19 Ranger playoff overtime goals from 1994 until now. And those moments are great and everything, but the problem is if the Rangers had not won Game 7 against the Canucks, there would still be something of a dark cloud hanging over this franchise and hanging over all of these moments because all these really fun playoff wins, you know, Derek Stepan in overtime against the Capitals or or the 3-1 comeback against the Penguins, you know, when they looked like they were dead and buried and they, they came storming back and they won that series. None of this would feel as special as it does now because it would still just be completely overshadowed by the curse. A lot of these really fun moments that we've had as Ranger fans over the past however many years you want to go back, I wouldn't say they were that they're tainted, but they just wouldn't feel as special. We wouldn't look back on them as fondly as we do right now. And for that matter, uh, we wouldn't look back as fondly on some of these Rangers from 1994 as we do now if they had lost Game 7 against the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, I'm talking about some great players. Mark Messier, Mike Richter, Brian Leach, Adam Graves, Jeff Bukaboom, Alex Kovalov. I don't know. I mean, we'd still like them. They'd still be very respected. Uh, I would say maybe even beloved Rangers. But without that Stanley Cup, man, you are missing a key, key ingredient. And we wouldn't look at them as the team that broke the curse. And if they had lost Game 7 against the Canucks, you know, maybe the first thought that we have when we think of this Ranger team and we think about all these players, Messier and Richter and Leach and Graves and so on and so forth, we might think of them first and foremost as the team that blew a 3-1 to series lead against the Canucks. Because fairly or unfairly, that's how they would be labeled. They would be labeled as this ultra-talented team from 1994. Best record in the NHL. Uh, Incredible Eastern Conference Finals win against the Devils. The Marc Messier guarantee in Game 6. The Stefan Matteau overtime, double overtime winner in Game 7. And those would all still be great memories, but 
you would think about this team. They didn't complete the run. They they blew it against the Canucks. That's how we would think about this team and these players. And that's a terrifying thought because we all love this team. I mean, it's hard to find anybody who has anything bad to say about the 1994 Stanley Cup team. How could you? This was a very likable group of players. And it's the players that, again, broke the curse, delivered the Rainers their first Stanley Cup in 54 years. So, yeah, it is terrifying to thought how much different everything could be right now if the Rangers had lost Game 7 against the Vancouver Canucks. And once again, just to shift the focus back toward some of the more modern Ranger teams, some of these teams that went to the Eastern Conference Finals and even the Stanley Cup Finals in the last decade, would you want every single New York Ranger season to revolve around 1940 and revolve around the curse the way it did for 54 years? I certainly wouldn't, and this is where I'm actually really lucky because I was only seven years old when the Rangers won the cup and broke the curse, so I didn't have to suffer through like a lot of you did decades and decades of the curse, the curse, the Rangers are cursed, the Rangers will never win the Stanley Cup because they are cursed, it's the curse, man, it's the curse, man, count me out on that because... I just want to be able to enjoy a playoff series. I don't want it to constantly revolve around, you know, the fact that the Rangers haven't won a championship in however many years. And thanks to this 94 team winning the cup, that all went away. There was no more 1940 chance. There was no more talk about the Rangers being cursed. Can you imagine if the curse was still going in modern day? All the fun that people would have on social media with the memes that you would see and the gifs and, oh, that look on your face when the Rangers blow another series. You know, all, all that kind of garbage that would be all over the internet. I mean, it, it's kind of funny. We can laugh about it now because the Rangers beat the Canucks. But yeah, if the Rangers had lost Game 7, this would be one of the most long-suffering fan bases in the history of sports Whew, thank God they won that Game 7, man. It, it would really be tough sledding right now. Because think about all the heartbreak they've had since then. You know, 2012, they lose in the conference finals to the Devils. Game 6 in overtime. 2014, they lose in the Stanley Cup finals to the Kings. Three of those games decided in overtime. And 2015, that disastrous Game 7 showing against the Tampa Bay Lightning. All of those are tough moments in Ranger history, but they would all be 10 times worse if the Rangers had lost Game 7 against the Canucks. So, again, thank God they won Game 7 against Vancouver. Here's another what if, and for this one, we'll shift the focus back to current day. And the what if is, what if the pandemic had not happened and the NHL regular season progressed as scheduled, would the Rangers have made the playoffs? I believe they would have, and look, what else am I going to say, right? It's a Ranger podcast, but look at the facts. I mean, they're only two points out of the playoffs as it stands right now. There's 12 games left to go, so they've got enough time to still make their move, continue to win games, and continue to climb the standings. Obviously, easier said than done, but you look at what this team accomplished since the All-Star break. They were a completely different team. It looked like they were dead and buried in the standings, and they came storming back, and they've won a lot of games after the All-Star break. And by that same token, a lot of the teams that they're trying to chase down have struggled a little bit or maybe haven't necessarily struggled, but they're just kind of playing 500 hockey and just kind of plodding along. The Rangers are hot and they were they were making their move up the standings uh, as the season progressed there. It would have been a lot of fun to see them try. And if the season is unpaused, you know, we'll see if, if the NHL wants to go with the... 2014 playoff tournament if the Rangers get in that way if there's a way to finish the regular season and then we'll see if the Rangers can kind of sustain the momentum that they had built prior to the season pausing but I mean look at all the things that had happened for the Rangers I mean they were doing a lot of things much much better than they were earlier in the season you guys know I mean it became a running joke on this podcast when I would complain about how many penalties they took and how many undisciplined unnecessary penalties they would take uh, they led the league in penalties per game for, for quite a while there 
and they had gotten that under control. I mean, you're always going to take a couple, but at least don't take those foolish, undisciplined penalties. They had gotten far better at that. The power play was on fire. It was clicking. They have two superstars just playing A-plus hockey at the top of their game in Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad, and then you're getting secondary contributions and getting way more out of players than you ever thought that you would. Guys like Ryan Strom, guys like Jesper Foss, guys like Tony D'Angelo, Ryan Lindgren, Adam Fox— all of these guys having career years and, and just seemingly getting better and better as the season has progressed, I think it all adds up to a playoff appearance. You know, when, when you combine the fact that you've got, and I haven't even mentioned Shesterkin yet. I mean, he, he was he was their secret weapon coming up from the minors, and I know he's only played 12 games, but he appears as advertised. The guy has been a phenomenal goalie everywhere he's ever played, and that seemed to have continued into the NHL here. 10-2 and as a starter, uh, 11 strong performances out of a possible 12. What more do you need? Uh, and show me any team that would want to play this Ranger team at the start of the playoffs. I, I don't think teams would be lining up. I mean, you could say they're young and they're inexperienced, but they were playing great hockey, and you've got two superstars in Zibanejad and Panarin that you really have to account for at all times. Either one of those guys could just go off in any given game. You've got uh, a bunch of young defensemen who are getting better and better and more confident as the season progresses. It, it's all there. you know. It, it's all there for the Rangers to have made the playoffs and maybe even been a little bit of a sleeper pick, a little bit of a dark horse pick once the playoffs started. I'm not saying they're going to go storming through the Eastern Conference playoffs and, and knock off teams like the Lightning and the Flyers and the Capitals and the Penguins and the Bruins. I'm not saying that, but I don't know. I, I don't think this is a team that a lot of a lot of other teams would be lining up to play. I, I don't think that that would have been the case at all, and, and I believe the Rangers, they would have found a way. They would have found a way to get themselves into the playoffs. Now, to be fair, I should also point out that the Rangers would have likely been without Chris Kreider for pretty much the rest of the regular season there. He was, of course, out with an injury, and when you've got a team that's kind of lacking depth in the first place, you take away one of their best players, it's really going to hurt. So that obviously would have put a little bit of a dent into the Rangers' hopes of making the playoffs, but I still think they could have pulled it off. You know, I, I think they could have found a way. Like I said, they were on fire before the season was paused. And fingers crossed, I, I understand there's bigger things happening in the world, but we do want to see, we're all hockey fans here, we do want to see the season conclude. We want to see some playoffs, we want to see a Stanley Cup champion. So hopefully that's still in the cards, hopefully it is something that can still happen. And hopefully the Rangers, you know, if they finish the regular season, they can continue to pick up right where they left off and continue to climb the standings and continue to win games. And if they go with the 2014 playoff tournament, uh, you know, maybe they can do some damage there. I don't, I don't know if they would start with, you know, a best of three in a qualifying round. Uh, that's a little bit of a coin toss. You know, I'm not a big fan of those short series, but we're living in some bizarre times, and I think the playoff tournament would probably represent that one way or another. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Rangers make the playoffs. But yeah, that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.